Welcome to another episode of Phantoms of the Silver Screen, the podcast that recaps Are You Afraid of the Dark, for this episode at least, and that episode is titled The Tale of the Sorcerer's Apprentice, Season 1, Episode 9. As always, I am your host one of your hosts rip and i am joined by my very good friend yumby it is i and i am here <laughs> to talk about this episode <laughs> so, just spoiling it right off the bat it's another <laughs> betty ann episode so prepare yourself for that maybe uh-huh. you know get a drink of water because it's going to be intense usually it is the queen is back on her throne for mm-hmm. another tale. I will say this, that that is the past couple episodes of Betty Ann stories have been some badass titles. Yeah. Tale of Laughing in the Dark, Tale of Nightly Neighbors, and the Tale of the Sorcerer's Apprentice. I know. She's pretty good. She's pretty good. <laughs> Most of her tales have to do with supernatural stuff I'm seeing. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Um man. I I just can't believe we haven't heard from Eric. Just it's just <laughs> kind of blowing my mind that we didn't get that. I was really ready for it to be him. <laughs> he didn't do anything. He just whined a bunch. Yeah. That Eric kid. I don't like him. Yeah. Well, hopefully we get to hear him before the season ends. As excited as I was when I heard that this is Betty Ann, I was just a little bit more like, come on, what, what's going on? Like, I was let down with Eric, and I'm going to be really excited when I get to hear his story for once. <laughs> you know? I think it's going to be like a comedic one because he can't throw in anything science related because he seems to hate school and science and anything related to that. That is true. I, and honestly, it just, he sounds like he hates everything. Yeah, but it does. He's part of the Midnight Society, so we'll eventually find out. Um, one thing of note: uh, we are going in the order that the episodes are numbered. So this is episode nine. However, the air dates are different. This was aired, I would say, um, three episodes later. Two or three episodes later. So, for whatever reason All right. that that happens, we don't know. But it is episode nine, so we're going with episode nine. Maybe they're trying to break it up so we don't get two back-to-back Betty Ann stories. Trying to divvy that up. Yeah, probably. I'm not sure. I mean, I'm happy with, you know, every Betty Ann story just being portrayed in a row. I I would take that. But to each their own. I guess the producers had their own thoughts in mind. (laughs) So this episode, we kick off. Unlike some of the other episodes, we don't start off right at the fire. We actually start off with Frank with the return of the jean jacket. I don't (laughs) know what was going on with his, his outfit last episode, but it's back on point. And he's showing all the kids a dead body because that's what kids do, especially these kids. 
Uh, it's not really a dead body, but it's a, a grave, a, very, a freshly dug grave. And you can see the earth is very freshly dug. Mm -hmm. And Frank leads the entire Midnight Society there, who are all super down to go. <laughs> and yeah, everyone's just staring at the fresh grave. And Frank's talking about how, yo, this, um, this must have been, like, this must have been somebody trying to hide the evidence you know it has to be a murder what else would they, some, what else would they put in this woods to which david retorted maybe it's somebody's dog could be maybe it is somebody's dog that was murdered <laughs> so at, yeah at this point frank uh, casually reveals his um his so uh his money status cuz he just casually <laughs> mentioned that he'd bet his Michael Jordan rookie card if um that they find a, a maggot covered corpse and <laughs> I don't know if you know but the Michael Jordan rookie card is worth millions to this day millions of dollars yes I bet he traded it away <laughs> in like one year from now on a bet something like that and then we'll hear a story about it yeah so so he uh, he he bets them to like you know take a closer look, and as soon as they all lean in to take a closer look, all a skeleton pops out, and they all scream and run. And at this point, this is when a Kiki comes out and she's laughing her ass off, and she high fives Frank. So <laughs> they had this set up. They planned it. Which is that nice. that pairing that pairing is pretty good. Like Kiki and Frank seem to be seem to have pretty similar senses of humor. Yeah. She's a big jokester. He seems to have a kind of a meat spirited type of sense of humor. Yeah. So they do well together. And they totally owned everybody. Everybody got scared. They all ran away. At the campfire, they kind of cut to it right after. They're like, yeah, did you see Eric, that wuss who can't tell stories? He was just like, <laughs> ah, run away. And he's just, Eric was really just, sour about it. Just like he's run away, running away from his responsibilities of telling a story. Isn't that right? Classic Am I Eric. right? <laughs> uh, so, it makes sense. <laughs> so they're all back in the circle or the the where they tell the stories. And... Uh, was it Frank tosses the the fake skull from the skeleton to Kiki? So the skull gets tossed. Eric's crying about it. He's they're making fun of him. And Kristen is not happy. She is not happy. She's <laughs> like, "Oh, you guys are so immature." And Frank is like, "Your mom and stuff like that." <laughs> Just proving her point. <laughs> He's like, what kind of person would try to scare somebody like that? I don't know. Somebody mm. who comes up with scary stories and tells it to his friends at midnight for fun in the middle of the woods. Uh, you know, like our whole thing. I who who th I didn't think you guys would get mad at a little prank <laughs> that involves the supernatural, guys. Come on. <laughs> so Kristen's very mad that she grabs the skull from Frank's head and throws it. And it rolls over and lands by Gary's feet. And he picks it up. And he's like, 
All right, so whose turn is it tonight? And you'd think it'd be Frank or Kiki or even Kristen. But no. Maybe even Eric, you know? <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, you think I'm scared? You think I'm a wuss for saying run, run? Well, let me tell you a story and then get them to say run, run. Yeah. No, it was Betty But Ann. nope, he doesn't do that. <laughs> it's Betty Ann. It was Betty Ann. Yeah. Right yeah. when you least expect it. Like, <laughs> that's, that's when she gets it. Like, whose turn is it tonight? And she's like, it's my turn. I got a story mm-hmm. for you. And, um... Story hundreds of years in the making. <laughs> she did world building for her story. It's pretty yes. good. Yes, she did. Um, <laughs> she sits down on her throne. And, uh... She says it's, it's, it's about, like, the skull of a different sort. Uh, like uh, I don't know what she meant by that, but uh, a, a sorcerer's good luck charm, she says. Mm-hmm. Something that can help one conquer the world. It can be, but it could be being... far too much one can bargain for, whatever that means. <laughs> She's been real weird and cryptic. Yeah, but it was kind of cool. Yeah, it was getting you in. She was saying a lot of weird cryptic stuff. She was saying the story is hundreds of years in the making, stuff like that. It was it was weird. It was getting weird. Yeah. Was... So ultimately, it opens up right where you wanted to open up in one of these stories. Yeah. In like a high school, you know? <laughs> yeah. Because so... I kind of want to see some goofy high school actors. <laughs> and I, that's exactly what I got. I got goofy high school actors. <laughs> that's the important. Um, dude, it felt more college than high school but we'll get into that um but well immediately i thought it was college because they're like (laughs) oh yeah like um what what were they saying they were saying like yeah yeah dean berkman is never like it was always kind of weird and i was like oh i think i i guess they're out of college because they're talking about the dean of the school (laughs) just a kid and they completely confused me with that that is somebody's that is a name Dean. Yeah, I guess. I never thought of it, but it's just kind of yeah. a weird name. So before we carry it's on, like, uh, kid's name's Principal. <laughs> Hi, I'm Vice Principal. <laughs> Vice is kind of a sick name, actually. <laughs> I'll think about that one. Vice. <laughs> What's your name? My name's Vice. Vice. <laughs> I'm a troubled young teen from across the town. I didn't grow up so great. <laughs> My parents are always yes. working. Anyway, but before we carry on, submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society, including Eric this time. Uh, uh, Betty Ann calls this the tale of the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Okay. And the story does not open up in the high school as we... Um, previously discussed well it does mm-hmm. but not not present right day. away it actually opens up in 1966 Whoa. at linden high but mm. not uh betty ann prefaces this, the story actually takes place centuries ago but she's jumping ahead which is cute i like the little cute detail just jumping ahead she put a lot of work into yeah. this one yeah she did she did uh and we're seeing a bunch of security guards chasing a young teenage girl running around the school. 
did not look like that because she hits the the basement <laughs> and it, you just see like it looks like she went underneath the sewers because you see a lot of pipes but it's actually the basement of the school um mm. pipes stairway stairwell um yeah stairwells any any of that sort she's just running across these things uh eventually to get to the the basement pool she finds a chain bucket and puts some something into the bucket and um, yeah it looked like muric acid or something but i don't know i can't (laughs) i just got one look at it (laughs) so because uh she's trying to hide this thing and she rolls up her sleeves because she's gonna put it back into the water or whatever and then that's when we see that this teenage girl has a tattoo of a red cobra she drops the bucket in the water and like runs the chain down so it, uh, the bucket hits the water and then uh yeah she runs that's it and then we go back to present day which I'm guessing is 1992. Mm-hmm. And this is where we get introduced to one of the main characters, Dean Brickman or Brickman. And yeah. he's, he can't really fit in. That's what yeah. Betty Ann says. He doesn't really fit in. He's not really popular. He wasn't really good at sports. And he wasn't good at school. Poor he guy. didn't have a lot of friends. Did not have a only life. one person liked him, even despite his tall stature and chiseled jaw. <laughs> Nobody really liked him. <laughs> yeah, go figure. And uh, he he sits down. We see that he's in. The, it looks like when everybody's in the class, and a nice nice looking chemistry lab with those long black tables with the sinks in it. Because they're dealing mm-hmm. with chemicals and sometimes you need to wash it off uh, mm-hmm. or just add water to the concoction. So everybody's taking this test or writing. No one's talking. That's how you know it's a test. And little by little, you see people fading out because time has passed and you can tell that they already left. But the only person that stayed is poor Dean to the point where his teacher, Miss Crenshaw, just is like give me your test now she's not playing mm-hmm. and uh i'm getting paid to stay overtime like she has to get out of there <laughs> it was ten forty-five, which makes me think that like it was like they were in college that th- this is a university and he like class was supposed to end at ten thirty, and then he was just like there because like, in all my years of high school whenever i took a test i couldn't go outside <laughs> i just yeah, I just stayed there, but he also seemed like he was like not going to another class that day or something. Yeah, like it just was... seemed very un high school like. Yeah. Like oh, I'm gonna go home with this. <laughs> like, but yeah. Dean, you got lunch. Like no. Nah, my next class is until seven PM. I'm just gonna go somewhere else. <laughs> so Miss Crenshaw is not happy. She it's not the first time he stayed later and and it's not and it's very clear that he, the test wasn't A worthy or even B worthy, maybe not even D worthy. And she's fed up with it, and he's slipping, and you see a close up of of her face, very angry, 
months ago. So Dean joins his only friend, a girl named Alex. Um, I I don't think it's Alex A L E X. I'm pretty sure it's Alex A L I X. I think so too, <laughs> which is kind of strange. But you know, it's fine. Alex is pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool name. Because uh, the way he pronounces it, he always makes sure to make sh- he always makes sure that you know it's a, a- Alex, not Alex. It's a- mm-hmm. a- uh, Alex. Hello, Alex. <laughs> so, so Betty Ann's like that's his only friend, and she, she's the complete opposite of him. But they're still close. And they have a beautiful friendship. And that's it. Just mm-hmm. a friendship. Nothing more. Uh, Betty Ann's not ready for that lovey-dovey stuff. <laughs> She's already gotten criticism, unwarranted criticism from Eric about her lovey-dovey endings or whatever. And she's <laughs> trying to avoid that. <laughs> I I, I want to hear all these other stories. because I want to see her love story. Because yeah. it's going to be kind of crazy to... To witness, <laughs> yeah, it must be epic in scale. Like, how often are they telling stories <laughs> that that Eric can make such a accusation? So yeah, Dean just bombed that test. He told Alex about it, <laughs> and Alex was being a cool friend, um, consoling him, encouraging him to do better next time, not give up, yada yada yada. And he was like, yeah, you're right. You know, I just have bad luck. And then she's like, yeah, but you're, I have a feeling your luck's going to turn around. And he's like, good. As long as it doesn't get any worse, I am going to be fine because I'm tired of this. They go to world culture class, which is a thing. <laughs> and they're looking at this presentation. I guess they have like a part-time TED Talk person come in. or um, It sounds like, uh, yeah, it's a visit from a... Uh... A famous a female archaeologist named Dr. Oliver. Mm-hmm. I wonder if she's ever studied. Well, no, no. She's not a scientist. That's right. I'm sorry. That's right. She's not a scientist. Yes. She's not. She's just an archaeologist. Just an archaeologist. Which, as we all know, are not scientists. No. Nope. <laughs> yes. So she gives her little class and she gives a TED talk about all of these interesting artifacts that she's found during her archaeological digs. And there are a bunch of weird artifacts. There's one in particular that sticks out to everybody. It's like this scepter. It's like Jafar's scepter from Aladdin. Yes. And it has a big snake on it. Yes, that was that she found Jafar's scepter. That is it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. And it it even has two red eyes just to yes. hypnotize people. Yes. It's, it's the same scepter. It's like, the I, same I'm, one. <laughs> this, I I feel like this predates Aladdin, but still, I'm pretty sure they got it from Aladdin, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, she's talking about it. She's talking about all that stuff. Uh, Dean is engrossed in what she's talking about. She kind of singles him out by staring at him at the end. As she finishes her little spiel about the scepter and the god that it used to be um, used to worship, Goth. Yes, Goth. 
An evil um, an Babylonian ancient. sorcerer. Yes. Um, and she I also like she also uh, had the, the different items she had. She had a dagger that was used by the high priest of Babylon to cut out the hearts of slaves for sacrifice. And I'm not a fan. <laughs> and the a bowl that they used for salt to um to put salt. And the salt she describes was a weapon uh and not used as a seasoning as a weapon mm-hmm. to ward off evil spirits and she she says just like garlic can ward off vampires so betty ann <laughs> just referenced her own story from from last uh last episode her last story all we needed was somebody work. to say uh stop being such a zeeb and it would have been perfect just every story mm-hmm. just adding a, a layer <laughs> um but yeah and uh the i guess goth was not a god but it's supposed to be some ancient sorcerer who's very similar to a god hmm. um so yeah she gives that speech nobody really cares about it other than dean um as dean and dean and this girl are leaving the classroom uh what's this girl alex as dean and alex are leaving the classroom Alex is not very impressed by it, uh, <laughs> but you can tell Dean took a lot of interest in it, um, and him and he kind of parts ways with Alex just so he can go back and take a look at the archaeological findings. Yo, Al- Alex was like not holding back. She was like, "Oh, she all those artifacts were there to just justify her paycheck or some shit like that." <laughs> I was like, yeah, "Damn, dude, <laughs> what did this lady do to you? She's just doing her job. She brought like." Museum artifacts to your classroom. Shouldn't Nobody have does to do that. that. Yeah, she didn't have to do that. Yeah, pretty <laughs> nice of her. But whatever. I mean, I guess Alex really hates world culture class. <laughs> so when Dean went back to take another look, um, he's actually greeted by the archaeo- by the archaeologist whose name escapes me. Doctor Oliver. Doctor. Oliver. So he's greeted by Dr. Oliver, and Dr. Oliver has a whole bunch to say. What does she say? She is just piquing his interest on um, everything. She's like, oh, I guess something piqued your interest if you came back. Um, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, he starts touching the, the scepter, Jafar scepter, and he just like stares right into the scepter picks it up looks right into the eyes and almost like the scepter is staring back at him they just have this long staring contest but then the jeweled eyes on the scepter turns red it glows it's already red it just glows brighter red and at that point you know it just it got him. It got Dean. Because <laughs> he He's just... Gotten got. Yeah, he fell right into that spell. So, you yeah. can tell that he's under a spell because he does a bunch of weird, you know, zombie <laughs> under a spell-like behavior. <laughs> he walks around like a zombie. He starts dressing weird <laughs> at one point. Um, I think he even, like, unlocks a basement or something i remember a really weird scene 
Where he's just like seemingly breaking a lock with his bare hands, but he's not. He's just like slowly opening it. Oh no, that opening was a door. That was That's regular. That was regular Dean. Uh, Alex is um, uh, she couldn't open up the her locker even though she was putting in the combination, and then Dean just comes up and just like kind of pulls it with the right amount of force and it opens. Hey, yeah, I think he did it under the spell too, though. No, I remember it. That was there was another lock, but or maybe later on but he definitely did it before they went to see dr oliver all right <laughs> well after that i mean because like after that he's under a spell yeah and he does a series of things what does he do oh so we cut to the next day and dean <laughs> has his like they're back at the the, the lab or miss crunchaw's class and it's another test day and he <laughs> He has his like legs up and like crossed, not not the feet on the table. He's just sitting up on the stool with his legs crossed, and he's wearing a turtleneck, a black turtleneck. So he's wearing a black shirt, and obviously you know something's wrong. He's because mm-hmm. that that was the '90s color for you're you're a bad boy now. And as soon as he gets the test, he he just gets up. He gets up, walks over to Miss Crenshaw, and he's like, um, uh, here's the test, Miss Crenshaw. <laughs> and then she's like, is this a joke? Oh, I don't think it's a joke, Miss Crenshaw. I'm actually, I finish the test. And he looks her right in the eyes. He's like, I don't see a problem with it. Do you? And then she looks at him back in the eyes, and she's like, no, I don't see a problem with the test. And in my mind, I don't know if this this happened or not, but when she shoved the test back in his face before she fell under his spell, and when she was angry, the test was blank. But then when she moved it over, fell under his spell, put an A plus on it, it looked like all the words of the of the test was filled, everything. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? It's. I know initially it had to have been blank. Yeah. But I can't remember if it was like filled out either. Something really w- like I don't know. I don't know. I also don't know why. Like. I don't know why a lot of things. This just really confused me. Why do he waste his time with this? He's <laughs> under the power of some goth guy. This god that has some ulterior motive. Why did he waste his time going to his chemistry class to pass that test? <laughs> oh, the, the, yeah. So that that's right. You just reminded me. We skipped over an important scene, or at least I did. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, before all this happened, before he went to Miss Crenshaw's class, the it's um it turned it had. So this is the previous night before he goes to Miss Crenshaw's class. He goes to the basement. The same path that the teenage girl took in the beginning of the episode. Um, walks down a flight of stairs. Uh, heads down to a dark basement. And to a, uh, to a big room. The same room that uh, the teenage girl went into. Pulls up the metal chain to reveal a bucket. And the same bucket. And he picks out an... Uh, the same item that she put in there so clearly he had an agenda that night 
So now yeah. we know he's fully immersed in all of this. In the cult. Yeah. So So this is the scene where you're talking about where he unlocks a door under the spell. I knew it. Yes. Yes, because he did that. So he did do that. I knew he opened the door sneakily. <laughs> and he woke up the next day, came as a cool kid, wearing his black sweatshirt to school and jeans. <laughs> he cheated on that test somehow, and he made Miss Crenshaw hypnotized and give him an A+. And she may or may not have filled out the answers for him. And then, you know, he leaves class. And later he meets up with Alex. And Alex is like, what gives? Like, why didn't you take the test? And he's like, I did. I got an A+. Thank you. And Alex is like, no, you didn't. Stop bullshitting me. I'm your only friend. <laughs> so, yeah. he She confronts him and he gets really aggressive about it. Yeah. And kind of yells at her. It's, it says something to put her off. You know, I can't remember exactly what he says, but he he really damages their friendship in that moment. Like he, um, he's like, no, I aced that test. You don't believe me? You think I'm a loser? Uh, like all these other people? Elix? And this is where he like really enunciate. Elix. Huh? Elix? <laughs> um, he doesn't put his hands on her, but he, uh, well, just the way he's walking forward threatening Lee is pushing Alex back and uh, he's like you think I'm a loser you think I'm useless well guess what I'm not I'm about to prove to everybody I'm not useless and uh, that that's it and that was it and uh, you see Alex in the corner she's like all she's like in the fetal position not like all the way in the fetal position but from standing and mm-hmm. he just like scoffs and walks away and after that uh, he Betty Ann reveals the Alex and and Dean just stopped talking. And Yeah, he has he has a new crowd. Yeah, he has a new group of friends. New cool kid crowd, yeah. <laughs> the kind of kids who just wear leather jackets and all that and snap their fingers. Yeah. <laughs> Alex trying to go to class um on some other day and she's there unpacking, but she notices a cool kid in the corner wearing a a jacket, a jean, not a, a leather jacket. Yeah. And it's revealed that it is actually Dean in that leather jacket. Oh, man. Looking super boss. <laughs> and he's holding what looks like some type of chemical bottle in his hand. Yes, he just opens up Miss Crenshaw's cabinet, grabs a, cap- uh, a, a bottle or something, and then dips. Because uh, that's when he noted uh, Alex says something. He looks over and he just bucks it. He's like, yeah. oh, shit. And, of course, the first thing Alex has to do is to see what he took. Mm-hmm. And um, She goes to the chemical cabinet that isn't locked for reasons, probably because yeah. he hypnotized the chemistry teacher. <laughs> and she notices that it's missing muric acid. Yes. Dun-dun-dun. <laughs> So, Dean takes the muric acid that he just swiped down to the basement where he was before. And down there, you can see that there's a lot of green light. Ooh, spooky. Mm, spooky That's stuff is natural. happening. That is not natural. There's a lot of green light. There's a lot of moisture down there. A lot of <laughs> bad things happen. A lot of 
weird seance like stuff yeah so dean is given a little presentation a little chemistry lesson to his little crew down there he's like all right the muric acid acts as like you know the base and we have to pair it with this nightshade this special plant i forgot what it's called like the belladonna yeah the belladonna plant <laughs> and if you pair these things together you be, you make the chemistry reaction happen yada 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 let's gloss over that part and magic <laughs> happens yeah hmm? it's called mystic vapors mystic vapors is the term yes i pretty good video i want to say that he just hung out with a bunch of theater kids <laughs> that's why he's just had acting like come on a belladonna plant <laughs> i mean i'm sure I it mean, exists he... but still <laughs> It seemed like he was rehearsing a part in a play, yeah. and then she just caught him, and she's like, "Get him, theater kid! She's gonna make fun of me." Yeah. Oh, look at that! The belladonna plant is an actual plant. Yeah, sounded real. Yeah. So. So, some Scooby Doo shit happens now. <laughs> she she gets chased by the gang, and they're all like run after, her, like, "Hey, come come here!" And she goes down the stairs, and they all follow her downstairs. And then she just runs back back up the stairs. She gave him the gold, the slip. Like, I don't know how she did it. <laughs> I don't know where there was to go down there, but apparently it's like a maze and she, she tricked them. Yeah. So oh. she ran back up. She finds our boy. Yeah, Dean's... Um, the, the chemistry that he was using was uh, to cre- uh, bring out the spirit of goth. So we actually get a, a glimpse of Goth, the almighty sorcerer. And why is Goth so scary? It's because um, Goth was a sorcerer who enslaved many people to do whatever he wanted them to do. Um, and if you followed Goth, it would, you're only, it would just bring you good fortune. That. I don't know why. It's probably like he, <laughs> if you listen to him, he won't kill you kind of thing. <clears throat> but if you ca- cross Goth, it just leads to your destruction. So you better listen to Goth. Um, so yeah, so we we see Goth. We just see his, his head and he's talking to Dean. Um, this, you know, uh, he wants... Uh, yeah, he, he wants to be resurrected. He's the the king or the whatever of the nether realm. Something like that. Yeah. And his main goal really is to get resurrected so he can rule the seats of humanity or something like that. He wants to rule the entire nation, the whole world. And he also mentions offhandedly that, yeah, and Dean, you'll get whatever you want to, whatever. Don't don't worry about <laughs> it. Don't think about it. You'll achieve all your goals. You'll get an A on that chemistry test, kid. Like, I don't, I don't know what he promised him. <laughs> yeah, people will notice you. Well, they're definitely noticing him. Um, yeah, and the new regime, they'll definitely notice you as they're doing slave labor. <laughs> um, Dean places the, the metallic sphere that he got from the chain bucket which fits conveniently fits into Jafar's staff like it was made for it to be put in there. Probably because it was. Um, and this is what summoned Goth in the first place. Yeah. Um, 
You've been waiting After for Goth. centuries, centuries, centuries for this. And Goth con- explains that, um, you know, uh, Dean how, calls him his his apprentice. So this is the Sorcerer's Apprentice right here. Um, mm-hmm. They're just, uh, they got to get the final ingredient uh, to free him. And it has to be done before the full moon, which is that night. <laughs> that night is, is the, they have to do it that night. Because the full moon's coming. Uh, the mystic vapors have to be released to do it. And yeah. And then after that, he just starts cracking up. Just doing his evil cackle. Very traditional villain. He monologued. He laughed. He <laughs> did everything. Like a Bond villain. But Alex is not very good at sneaking away. Because <laughs> this is the second time this episode. We didn't mention it the first time, but... She's trying to get away, and she just knocks some stuff over. She can't just leave a room <laughs> without knocking over everything in her path. And it's weird because, like, Goth notices, but he's just a disembodied head, so he just exerts his eyes completely to the left. And he's like, get her! Get her! Like, he can't turn his head. He's like <laughs> old school Batman. He just can't move it. <laughs> so Dean runs off and gets her. Or tries to get her. Yeah. So she bolts up the stairs. Dean's after her. Uh, I'm pretty sure the goons are still lost in the maze downstairs. So it's really <laughs> just Dean she has to contend with. Yeah. She makes it upstairs and gets to the chemistry lab, where she sees their t- their chemistry professor, Miss um, Crenshaw. Professor Crenshaw. Miss Crenshaw. Yeah. She tries to explain to Miss Crenshaw what's going on. Like something's crazy's going on. That that lady's not here anymore, and I needed to find her because. The, the staff that she left here, it's actually a sorcerer's staff and they possess Dean and he's like using it to possess other kids and it's it's getting crazy. And Miss Crenshaw's like, oh, it's all right, honey. You'll be one of us soon. Bah. And she does an evil laugh. Yeah. Join us. Join mm-hmm. us. You'll have no choice either way. Might as well do it now. Um. So, of course, this freaks out Alex and she runs off. Um. <laughs> to the honor uh, she runs off she gets like uh boxed in as soon as she's run- when she's running the halls she sees two of the cult people step up to her so she run- tries to run another direction she sees more of the cult people step up to her so she has no choice but to run into the audi- auditorium where dean is sitting there waiting for her hello yes. alex alex uh, Notably, he's in the theater. <laughs> Tell me that's where his crew is. Because he just started hanging out with a bunch of theater um, troops. So He also dr- dramatically does his head pivot. He's <laughs> like, he like looks just right, like right at her. And he turns his head like 360 degrees to look at her. <laughs> 360. <laughs> yeah, right around. Yeah. Um, he looks like Tom Cruise in this scene. He's like, he's happy. He's like, Alex, you know that you were right. You said my luck would change soon. And it did. I'm cool. I'm popular. I'm smart. No one's picking on me. I'm like, it's probably because they're afraid of you, dude. <laughs> You're staring at people and they're doing your bidding. You have a freaking, you have a cult that'll do anything for you. Um. So you're six feet tall. <laughs> and, um... Alex, of course, tries to appeal to the best friend 
in The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Like, come to your senses. Resist. Fight off God. Um, and then he's like, Alex, you're my best friend. And then she's like, yeah, I am. He's like, yeah, that's why I'm letting you go. <laughs> Just go save yourself. I'm not going to do anything to you. Um, and then he walks away and like all menacingly. He a runs slow, away. No, he slow walks the... first. He slow walks first. And then he turns around, looks back at her, and he's like, who am I kidding? Uh, sooner or later, you'll be a follower too. And then he runs away. <laughs> but, <laughs> but He runs with his arms glued to his <laughs> hips. And he just like waddles through the door. <laughs> Oh, it, it was a sight to behold. Very off-putting. <laughs> Something was not right with that run. No, that was a very possessed by an evil sorcerer run, if I ever saw one. He looked like he had weights in his arms. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know, he had this, like, his shoulders were, like, forward, and, like, his neck was, like, like, elongated for it as well as he was walking away i don't know why that's menacing but that it's menacing mm-hmm. menacing <laughs> i would use some other terms <laughs> to describe it but that's all right menacing will do yeah so he rides he gets outside he gets on some bikes and him and the theater kids ride off into the distance and elix is going to follow him without calling for help of any kind <laughs> so they find a new location to gather and do this little seance that they're trying to do bring back the goth mm-hmm. and elix sneaks up on them and she sees that there's green smoke being emitted everywhere yeah and she's like muric acid sorry <laughs> buddy i'm calling the cops now <laughs> and she turns around and obviously gets captured by his theater goonies because she was super obvious about it and she gets brought before Dean. And Dean's just like, I gave you one chance out of the kindness of my heart. And I will not do so again. Throw her in the chokey or whatever. He'd take her to the, to the site. <laughs> and she gets dragged off. And at this point, we cut back really briefly to the campfire. And Frank is like, oh, yeah, are they going to murder her? <laughs> and Betty Ann's like, yeah. Yeah, they are. And then we go back to the sword. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, not um, much happens there. Um, But yeah, once again, it really shows off uh, like Betty Ann narrating the story. It makes you really feel like um, off screen, she's actually retelling the entire story and they're just cutting, cutting, took bits of that and threw it in the, in the, in the middle of the episode. So, um, so Dean takes Alex, Alex to the school basement and he, um, he tells her the story of what happened in 1966, that there was a teenage girl that people said that she went mad. She went crazy. Guards were going after her and they found her in the, uh, the pool room in the basement and when they found her like this like she was f- out of her mind 
So naturally, they're like, okay, we need to close off this pool because she went crazy. Uh, I don't know why. They just closed off the pool. Whatever. So A crazy girl was in here. Annex the building. Burn it down. <laughs> so um, he was able to... <laughs> Dean makes it sound so menacing. Like, But one man was able to open this again, and it's me. And it's like he just pulls out a key that he got. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, did you make the He's key? He's delivering a lot of a flare in the scene. He's just oh, yeah. like emphasizing all his words <laughs> and everything is a grand statement. And I, Alex, <laughs> I'm going to bring back goth. <laughs> like he's just being real theater right now. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying, dude. He's not possessed. He just hung out with a bunch of theater people. <laughs> it seems so. <laughs> uh, so it's revealed that it's like a swimming pool yeah. and they're going to use the swimming pool as a big cauldron, essentially. Yes. <laughs> so they dump a bunch of muric acid in there mm-hmm. and they're churning it up. They get the staff ready. They plug the staff in. There's like a little receptacle for the staff where he puts it in. He puts the orb back in it to get ready for the seance. Puts in those uh, belladonna leaves in that nightshade. <laughs> and yeah, he does do that. And goth starts to rise and it's getting very scary after after all this time goth is coming back goth is looking creepy in real life he's at the six feet mark in the pool and he's saying i am here to claim my rightful place on top of the throne of humanity i will find my wife anoxuna moon no not really but that would have been really cool nice Nice. That is definitely the the vibe that was got that that was there. Mm-hmm. This also predates the Mummy, but it was pretty cool. It reminded me of the Mummy. Best movie ever, by the yes, way. Yes. You guys should probably watch the Mummy. I, I need to watch that again. The first two. Yeah. Emotep and Oxenamun. Mm-hmm. Best couple. <laughs> so, this not Emotep guy is rising. He's coming back. He marks Alex as you know an enemy who's trying to get in his way yeah so earlier alex totally noticed that there was a chlorine you know tub a chlorine chemical (laughs) vat that she could have used and she's like wow it says chlorine on it and she didn't do anything about it she just ran away and she ran toward the snake and she's like you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna smash this snake and dean says i don't care I'm too powerful for that. I don't care if you take away my cronies because they never do anything anyway. All they do is get lost. And it's kind of true. They don't do anything. They just get lost in basements and things of that nature. So after he's back and he marks Alex as an enemy, she's trying to plead to Dean to help her. And he's just not listening. And she throws in a desperation attempt like a a desperate attempt to get away she throws the orb that she took from the snake earlier Mm -hmm. and she throws it at the mummy guy it goes right through him because he's not very tangible but it smashes and i think that's when dean gets yeah consciousness his consciousness back yeah he he, the brain the brainwashing is done um and this is when he's yeah he's back to normal he's like what's going on i don't understand 
he just sees like goth and then alex in front of him and alex um like uh well dean decides to go run uh to help her but goth freezes him in place um and he can't move and he's like alex i can't move i can't move um uh and then goth is just like yo i'm coming for you next stay right there let me go take care of your friend and so he has that power to freeze dean and dean in his infinite wisdom because he learned a lot in his and his apprenticeship sees that there's tubs of chlorine and urges alex to run and pour the chlorine into the pool Um, and alex is like but you failed chemistry why am i gonna listen to you i'm not gonna do that i passed you know (laughs) so goth does not stop alex he watches her pour the chlorine into the pool because he's you know he has his arrogance about him goth of just oh it doesn't matter pour the chlorine into the pool i don't care i'm powerful and at that point he looks like he looks like something like just went wrong and he just starts melting or something and he dean gets back the power of mobility runs towards alex um holds her to protect her because if when you pour when you pour chlorine acid on top of um the mystic vapors it creates a uh, uh, an explosion of that's very reminiscent of not uh fireworks throwing into the sky like one of those like fountain ones that you like light up <laughs> mm. so so that's happening and goth is screaming in pain and at that point he's gone and bef- um also when when uh alex threw the 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 metallic ball into the um, into the nightshade into the mystic vapors uh or whatever like all the theater kids just like were standing together and they all dropped simultaneously and i was like damn that is that is good (laughs) they yeah they really timed that theater kids really know what they're doing synchronize and all that good stuff so at this Mm -hmm. point alex and dean are back goth is dead alex and dean are back to normal normal and not uh, that it matters, but theater kids are also back. They're just waking up. Nobody cares about them. But. Uh, Alex is like, oh, how'd you know uh, the the chlorine was going to work? And then um, he's like, oh, it's from all those times of me studying for Mr. Crenshaw's test, even though he failed them all. Uh, he's like, he's like, yeah, well, you know, I know chlorine kills bacteria and, you know, plants. Yeah. And that was it. That was the end of his explanation. But I'm like, well, that's not bacteria, kid. Say a little more. No wonder you failed. <laughs> and he just didn't, <laughs> and Alex, didn't give me anything. Alex just cracks up and she's like, all right, well, clearly it worked. Like, even she had doubt that that's what happened. She's like, clearly it worked. Whatever. Let's go. And they're, they're back to being friends again. They're arm in arm. They're, like, in a friendly way. Mm-hmm. No, no romance here. Uh, and at that point, they leave. <laughs> they leave the, the pool and uh we see the theater kids also leave the pool too like oh yeah we gotta go and you would think with all everything that was going on 
they would remember the scepter. They did not. They left the scepter there. <laughs> they just left it there. We just see a close-up of that. They're like, yeah, nobody's going to find it. Just by the pool. And then Dr. Oliver comes and she's apologizes. She's like, I'm sorry. The, the mission failed. But don't worry. I placed jewels all over the high schools in the tri-state area. Um, they'll have another chance. And then she says, and to think when I was a young girl, they thought I was mad. And then she does her uh, uh, evil laughter. Yes, and it's revealed on her arm. She has a, a red snake tattoo, just like the girl from the 1960. Oh, that's crazy. And she puts another jewel in the mouth of the staff. So there's like an infinite supply of this. It, it, mm-hmm. Dean and Alex had their adventure, but does that not that does not mean it's the end of Goth. And we cut back to the that is the end of the story. Yes. We cut back to the campfire. Betty Ann looks at the camera, terrifying. And she says, the end. David is like, I smell a sequel. And Eric's like, yeah. He looks right at the camera. We're all doomed. (laughs) And Frank's like, well, I've had enough of your shit, Eric. (laughs) This meeting of the Midnight Society is officially over. And he puts water onto the fire. The end. The end. First time in a long time we saw Gary actually put out the fire. Yeah, we usually skip it. (laughs) So, there you go. <clears throat> we see all the kids leave, and we actually also see them zoom into the skull, which is you know, it's yeah, nice. That is cute. Throwback. They they left the skull there, as did the Dean and Alex left the scepter there <laughs> at the pool. Yeah. Scepter, completely like, forgot about it. Scepter caused all that chaos. Let's just leave it there. But, yeah. Uh, pretty good episode overall did not leave the audience speechless like her last story did mm-hmm. Betty Ann's last tale and Zeebo obviously left left everyone just like in shock and horror there's like <laughs> and it left the audience that way too because it's like I can't move I'm so scared <laughs> at least with Zeebo yeah it it's not a it's one of her I see I don't want to say weaker stories because I'd say it's more wholesome. It's it's a good story. Obviously, there's the holes in it. Dean kind of overacted. Like, <laughs> I was just thinking of like if I if I, I ever <laughs> if I ever wanted to like play the Joker and anything, I just well, <laughs> I just watch Dean's uh, Dean's <laughs> sorcerer <a> pr- yeah <laughs> sorcerer's apprentice. Um, acting, everything, all of it. His over enunciation of words and like his walk, and of course that run. You gotta have that run. <laughs> that run is the perfect Joker run. <laughs> yeah, she has the right build for it, like a tall, skinny guy with a chiseled jaw. Like that's kind of the Joker aesthetic. <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was a good story. I mean, me too. I'm a lot better than uh, some of the other stories, but. Definitely better than Frank's. Not Frank's, I'm sorry. Eric's. <laughs> what was it? Way better than Eric's. Yeah. Frank is pretty good. Hmm. So, yeah. Um, anything you would change about this? The... This episode? Anything I would change? Yeah. 
I would replace goth with a very scary mummy or something that's a little more terrifying than a goofy guy in gold. <laughs> I, yeah, I would put a little bit more. I would, his his getup was very like, um, like he looked like he had a parachute pants and an inflatable shirt. Yeah, it was <laughs> laughable. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd make him more menacing. He didn't seem menacing. I wasn't afraid of him. Yeah, giggled <laughs> and more cold makeup. It just it was just wasn't that scary. Doctor Oliver was more scary in my opinion. She was. She was very off putting. Hanging out with students alone in the classroom. It's very wrong. Can't do that. <laughs> and, and she like hypnotizes kids. And it and she's also the thing at the end of the episode that's. The cliffhanger. Like, she's going to do this again. She's going to go to other high schools and ruin every, everyone's lives there and try and hypnotize them to this, you know, slave society or whatever the end goal is for her. Yeah. She was definitely more scary because <laughs> her motivations are unclear. Would you... Would you... I would keep it the same of, like, her presence in it, of just, like, waiting until the oh, end. Me too. Of, like, oh, she's the mastermind. I like that. It was a good reveal. Yeah. Not as good of a, as a reveal as, you know, the little kid vampire. That was pretty <laughs> sick last episode, but it's still pretty good. Yeah. I like that she's throwing in like, oh, and there's a twist. Like, I, I like that for Betty Ann. Yeah. I hope that becomes a theme for her. Yeah. And it's not like a M. Night Shyamalan twist. It's actually a nice. Like a good one. Yeah. Or seeable. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I like the motivation. Like, um, Dean was easily manipulated by the scepter. It just kind of brought out his insecurity of like not being, like being a nobody, I guess, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. So that that was his drive. That like, oh, if I follow Goth, I would um, he, he was under the spell. So this wasn't really him. Goth was in control, but it, it just it pulled out the his insecurities of like, oh, I want to be somebody, and by following Goth, I'll be somebody. At least he gets to end this bad experience with an actual A in chemistry. Yeah. The because one. Goth gave that to him. <laughs> oh, hail Goth. Thank you, Goth. Yeah, and on that note, hmm. we have wrapped this episode. Yes. Any last words? Have... Any last words, Jumbie? All hail Goth. <laughs> All hail Goth. And an Oxenamur. Oxen. Well, that ends another episode of Phantoms of the Silver Screen, the podcast where we reviewed another episode of Worry for the Dark. And we will keep going. Thank you. Till we finish them all. <laughs> Join us again. Thank you for listening. We love you all. Good night. Bye.